Yeah, we are. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Sunday Lunch Podcast. I hope y'all are having a wonderful Sunday lunch, if you're listening to us right when we post it. I hope you are. Uh, Thanks so much for the positive feedback so far on our first two episodes. We are loving go we are loving going through this journey with y'all and it's just been so much fun. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, go back and listen to our first two episodes. One on the vision for our podcast and our story and the second one last week's episode was on love languages. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. Our Instagram is at the Sunday Lunch Podcast, so go follow us there. And new discovery, we also have a Facebook page now. So go like that as well. New discovery. All the self-promo. What are we talking about this week, Carrie? So this week we're going to be talking about defending the faith. And there's a term for this, and it's known as apologetics. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Abby and I are going to be walking through three questions and also providing examples as to what apologetics looks like, um, especially on a college campus and especially just as a Christian, um, living the Christian life, what, what that looks like. So, the questions are, the first one being, what do we mean when we say the faith? In, in the phrase defending the faith. So we'll be defining that. Second question is what does apologetics look like in day-to-day application? So that would be on the college campus uh, or in the classroom or in the workplace or uh, at the dining table. Um, and f- the third question is why is defending the faith so important? So Our first point is we are going to define the faith. It is broadly defined as faith alone in Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the object and the center of the Christian faith. Anything and everything apart from him will ultimately fail and leave us feeling unsatisfied, incomplete, and empty. But the question is, how do we know that this is true? What is true? How can I trust that the Christian faith is the only true faith? These are many questions that Christians ask themselves daily. Non-Christians ask Christians to answer these questions, and these are some really hard-hitting questions that we hope to touch on throughout this episode, and I know that I've asked these questions before, maybe not outwardly, but in my head. Yeah. So we believe that the only true answer, emphasis on the word true here, um, the short answer is God's word, the Holy Bible. And the long answer would be found within God's word, um, and specifically in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read it. In the, wo- in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So what John does here is he he sets up for us um, the relationship between um, God and his son, uh, as well as his spirit, it's implied. Um, And the, the emphasis is put on the word 
word, God's word, um, that in the beginning was the word, um, that the word was not created, it always has been, uh, and that the word itself is God. Um, and if God is, the characteristics of God are truth, love. The characteristics that we talked about in last week's episode uh, with First Corinthians 13 as well. Yeah. And building off of this, comparing it to today's culture um, and society would glorify this common misconception that any belief and every belief can be considered true. Um, this is what is defined as the basis of postmodern thought, uh, postmodernism. And like we said, a characteristic of God, which is also true of Christianity, is that absolute truth does exist because God delights in the truth. He is the truth. Um, and this is the notion that there is a standard for what is good and what is bad in the universe. Um, God himself being the only thing in the universe that is completely good and everything else being not good, evil. Um, that is everything that is not God, um, with exception to the angels um, who are beneath God but are without sin. Um, so postmodernism, as a way of thinking, uh, likes both non-Christians and Christians to believe that there are many ways to get into heaven, and that is to inherit salvation. Um, but the Bible um, is extremely intentional and explicit on this specific topic, um, because God's Word is um, ordained by Him and comes uh, directly from His mouth, and it teaches us otherwise. It teaches us uh, a belief contrary to what postmodernism would would have us believe and so to prove this jesus says uh, in the gospel of john chapter 14 verse 6 um, he says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me jesus answers a question asked by thomas in verse 5 which is lord we don't know where you are going so how can we know the way and says so Jesus answers with, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I added those I am's in there just to emphasize what Jesus was saying to just show how intentional and explicit Jesus was with the answer that he gave. And the only way a sinner can inherit the kingdom is through Jesus. Uh, he's explicit about that. And there are no or, but, or ifs within Jesus' sentence as well. Uh, he says directly, you know, it's not, I am the way, the truth, and the life, but there is this, you know, other circumstance. Um, it's not, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, or blah, blah, blah. Um, there's none of that. And so there was actually a a pretty famous uh, preacher who kind of dialogued about this um, by the name of John MacArthur, um, and he's a Calvinistic Baptist preacher, um, and I, I don't know if it was him who I first heard this this phrase from. Um, I believe I was in middle school. Uh, I was on a church retreat, but it was that. Um, the phrase was, Jesus plus something equals nothing. 
and Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Um, and so John MacArthur dialogues about this in one of his sermons. Um, and so I'm going to quote uh, a couple here, a couple passages from his sermon. So he says, There are people today who tell us that Christ is not enough, that we, that we need more than Christ, more than all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are found in him. Uh, there are no human solutions to spiritual problems. Um, there are no human insights that take us places the Bible does not or can't. That is to say, there is nothing necessary for life and godliness that is not delivered to us by the Word through the Spirit. We don't need Christ plus insights into human wisdom, spiritual intuition. And farther down in, in, uh, in his sermon, he says, We don't have much classic philosophy anymore. New Age philosophy is not about thinking, it is about feeling. Philosophy used to be a rational exercise, but now, in a postmodern world, it is an irrational exercise. And what he's getting at towards the end here uh, is that but most, of, most of the arguments you'll come across um, or that face um, Christians is that people like to defend themselves by the way they feel. Um, and that the circumstances surrounding um, where they are, like in their current situation in life, um, they would argue would prevent them from committing their life to Christ or believing that God can truly be good um, because of their circumstances. Um, I just thought of a couple examples that came to mind of just how, like as you said, people can think that they can't commit their lives to Christ right now or it just isn't they aren't in a place in their life where they can especially on college campuses and in college students um, we don't like the r structure that God gives us and mm. we think we can worry about that when we have a family and when we're in our 30s like we can worry about where we're going after we die once we're in our 30s. Mm. We don't need to worry about it right now. Let me just live my life. Mm. Let me um, enjoy college and enjoy what I think is the best way for me to go right now. And once I'm in my 30s, I'll figure it out. And that's a faulty and a sad way of thinking because our days aren't guaranteed mm -hmm. and every single breath that we take is a gift from God and we don't know that tomorrow morning God's going to give us another day um, and it is a sad notion that we see the sorrow of the world and we see young people passing away and we don't know if they were Christians because mm -hmm. they might have thought it's okay I'll deal with it when I have a family mm -hmm. or when I'm settled and I get my, I have my fun right now. Um, or I can clean myself up when when I'm when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I can pick myself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. Or they have the I'm too broken for God. Mm. He can't fix me. I'm too far gone. He does not want me. Mm. And that's that brings me even more sorrow. Of they feel like they're too far gone for. Jesus to save them, which is mm. the exact opposite of what he 
says because we all are too far gone for God. Mm. But even though, like, yet, we are too gone for God, yet he still comes every day and Mm. wants us and pleads with us to trust in him and wants our love and our affection. Yeah. So we've talked about this a little bit, actually. Having defined the essentials of the Christian faith and what what the gospel is, which is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, um, and that no one comes to the Father except through him, and that, um, you know, from the foundations of the world, God had a plan for salvation, and that he would send his son to die for for sinners. Um, How can we apply this, and how can we apply apologetics and evangelism in day-to-day scenarios? And, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit, but I think that looking for opportunities to share the gospel um, is really where it all begins. Um, if you are seeking to share the gospel, to follow um, the Great Commission, um, which, which is found in Matthew 28, verse 19, um, where, where Jesus says to his disciples, go and make, um, go and make followers of every... Uh, nation. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but here, Abby's got it. She can read it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's so sweet. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, you know, that's, that's Jesus' promise to us. Um, and when we follow that command, we can take joy in that. We can delight in that. And apologetics shouldn't be this thing uh, where it's a chore. Um, but we should delight in being able to uh, not only stand up for what is true, um, uh, such as defending the faith, but also taking joy and pride in being able to share the good news with others. Um, so I wrote this in my notes Um, but the thing that is so important about apologetics is that we don't have to convince someone of what is true you simply have to tell them what is true the only truth Mm -hmm. so when engaging in discourse uh, over religion uh, over Christianity when engaging in an argument it is an argument over um, what is true the point is not to win the argument. The point is to provide perspective, um, to provide an outside perspective of um, where you plant the seed of truth and God God grows that seed, um, God waters that seed, and the Spirit, um, the Spirit does its work. Um, because at the end of the day, it's not man that is um, saving other men. It is um, by God alone, through God alone. Um, God saves us. Uh, we're just the vessel. So, in many instances, I would also say that when you're having an argument or a discussion with somebody that might not be a believer, it would probably be more beneficial to not try to win the argument mm. because many times when we try to win, quote, 
win the argument. We become very emotion-filled and very passionate, which is not a bad thing. Passion is not a bad thing. But many times it can become hostile Mm. and too much emotion is brought into it and it takes away from the truth of God. Yeah, and that follows that same same line of postmodern thought where um, people will become easily offended um, by by what you're saying. And the reality of the gospel is that God, the truth is offensive. Um, the gospel mm-hmm. is offensive. Uh, it is not... Um, it is not something to be taken lightly. Um, and now that, I mean, you know, always engage patiently uh, when evangelizing and with, uh, when, um, you know, engaging in discourse. Um, but, uh, you know, shy away from the, what's the, what am I looking for here? shy away from the how conversations can kind of become violent and um, that's that has the ability to close someone off from the mm-hmm. gospel that's what I was trying to say I was trying to think about how to say it um, when I won't even say being overly passionate but just being too um, trying to win the argument is <laughs> the only way to say it when trying to win the argument, you can actually end up closing someone's heart even more to the gospel, um, rather than just trying to be honest and tell them what the truth is. And if they accept that or not, that's for God. Uh, that, that's up to God at that point. So all you can do is tell, um, tell the truth and speak the truth. To add on to that, I think it's also important to point out if you are a Christian and you're trying to share your faith with somebody that might not share the same faith as you or might be an atheist um, just questioning their faith in any way it's important to remember that you sharing your faith and your beliefs with them is not for your own glory and for your own Mm -hmm. gain but only for the gain of God and for the gain mm-hmm. of his kingdom and that's something that Harrison and I pray about intently and pray about before we even start recording our podcast that this podcast is not for our gain or for our glory because if it was it would ultimately fail mm. and we would not have the words to speak and our words would not flow right like that is true if we are not intently praying for the words to say they don't flow yep. they don't come easily and our minds become cluttered experienced that earlier yes and so it's important to remember that this is not for our gain and not for our glory and it's selfless mm. it's com- <coughs> sorry it's completely selfless um and if we're trying to do it for our gain, our words are not going to come out correctly, and we're going to probably end up hurting ourselves or the person that we're talking to. Yeah, and I actually wrote this in my notes just to reiterate Abby's point. Whenever engaging in in Christian discourse um, regarding Christianity, you cannot lose if the truth is being spoken. If you have God, you cannot fail. Um, <clears throat> and... So, we, well, we covered a lot today. Um, 
heavy stuff kind of does it a little bit of a disservice to try and squeeze it into a 20 to 25 minute podcast but we talked about apologetics as well as evangelism and uh, what these looks what this looks like um and the important things to remember are that the goal is not to win the argument um, but rather to plant the seed of truth that god can use to build faith um, and call his beloved to himself um and I have a couple quotes here um, from two very, uh, very famous um, Christian um, just fighters of the faith, defenders of the faith. Uh, I don't even know the word for it. Apologists, that's it. Um, So John Calvin, uh, in a quote, he says, quote, a dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. Um, and C.S. Lewis uh, quotes similarly in his book, uh, The Screwtape Letters, um, uh, which I'll, ex- I'll explain a little bit because there's a little bit of context surrounding that book particularly. But he says, Jargon, not argument, is your best ally in keeping him from the church. By the very act of arguing, you awake the patient's reason, and once it is awake, who can foresee the result? Um, and this is essentially the context of the book, The Screwtape Letters. Uh, I encourage you to read it. It's fantastic. Um, but it's essentially a demon uh, speaking to or writing to his nephew, which is also a demon, um, and encouraging uh, his demon nephew as what is the best way to lead Christians astray? What is the best way to lead what he calls the subject astray? And so I'll read the quote again, just so now you have that context. He says, Jargon, not argument, is your best ally in keeping him from the church. Uh, By the very act of arguing, you awake the patient's reason. And once it is awake, who can foresee the result? Um, So from the perspective of a demon, um, they would, you know, rather us not engage in discourse uh, because um, it it awakens reason. And... um, uh, humans are reasonable creatures. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to add and end with this. Everything that we've talked about is targeting Christians um, yeah. and that understand and believe that, believe in God's word and that Jesus is God's son. And if you're not a Christian or you're questioning your faith, I would encourage you to find somebody in your life that you know is a Christian that has strong faith and ask them about this or message us on Instagram if you don't have anybody and ask us because you need, you have to be a Christian and understand the faith to do any of this, to do evangelism and apologetics. So if you're not at that point in your faith or your life and you have questions, I would encourage you to ask those questions to somebody that you might trust. Yeah. Um, uh, But also following off of what Abby said, um, be wary to not feel adequate um, to to share your faith or to um, to uh, be become an apologist um, because God works through um, even 
the smallest of faiths um, and allows that um, that faith and that truth to be spread. So don't don't feel as if you're inadequate because you haven't been a Christian for X amount of time or you don't have X amount of experience or your testimony isn't X amount of great. Um, just, just realize that God has a plan and he can use you and your testimony um, to bring another to the faith. So I think that's all we have um, for this podcast. Um, if you enjoyed, let us know. And we will see y'all next Sunday for another topic, which we will discuss this week. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, let us know one of your favorite quotes from this episode. We would love to hear the points that you enjoyed the most. Uh, share our Instagram on your Instagram. If you would like, we would love to see y'all listening throughout the week and what y'all liked about it so and share the facebook page because that exists too now so yes uh thank y'all again so much for listening our instagram is at the sunday lunch podcast and we that is our facebook page as well we will catch y'all next week thanks peace out